This episode is brought to you by Patreon, specifically the Comic Pop Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash comic pop and find out more about how you can keep the lights on here at Comic Pop. And don't worry, we've got plenty of fun rewards, including early access to videos and weekly updates about what's happening here at the studio. That's patreon.com slash comic pop. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes the friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. A mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police, but a crusader for law. Hey everybody, welcome to Elseworlds Exchange, I'm Sal. And I'm Joel. So, Joel had this, uh, this peach of an idea that I uh, wanted to jump on, like, literally the day he gave it to me. And mm-hmm. it was, uh, we're going to do some retrospectives on creators that we dig. Yeah. And so we thought, hey, who better to talk about in our debut episode and possibly last episode, depending on how you guys react to it. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's all up to you guys. Balls in your court. <laughs> exactly. Then, uh, then Scott Snyder, the man, the yeah. myth, the legend, uh, the the creator, the writer, the teacher, um, the historian, if you will. Uh, there's we have actually read between us probably I don't know hundreds of issues of books written by Scott Snyder. Yeah. Um, and his, uh, his his experience is storied and legendary, and so we're going to basically go through his bibliography a little bit. We're going to touch upon a few things that really mean something to us, and maybe try and highlight a couple of those like elements that make Scott Snyder who he is, totally. and hopefully maybe talk a little bit about his future and where he's going and, yeah. and, and all of that. Um, is, it, if, uh, is it fair to call him the biggest breakout of the new 52 and maybe the biggest breakout of the last decade of comics? I don't know. I mean, like, uh, yes, I think it's fair to say that, but I feel like... Black Mirror pre New Fifty Two, people were already talking about him. I mean, it's true. People were already talking about him when he was working on things like American Vampire, yeah, and Swamp Thing. Um, so I feel like, yeah, he definitely is one of the breakout. I mean, like the New Fifty Two definitely has a few golden children, and mm-hmm. Snyder is no stranger to that. Um, but yeah, I mean, the fact is, I think no one can deny that the biggest success of the New Fifty Two was the Snyder Capullo run. Yeah, most definitely. Which would have been the run, regardless of New 52 or not. <laughs> ain't, ain't that the funniest part of it, where it's like, well, I was already kind of writing Batman before, and I kind of already had this idea in the hopper. Right, I kind of already would have been, it, like, it would have been celebrated, just would have been like, oh man, who could forget that period when they mm. were doing it? You know, it, it actually, it allowed, the New 52 allowed them to cement their meteoric rise to power yeah. because it was a number one. It was his new status quo, tons of eyes on it due to the new 52 exposure. For a lot of people, it was the first big Batman story they ever read. Exactly. So for them, like, they're just like, yes, I'm in. And it allowed them, as opposed to, you know, like, does anyone remember, like, that really cool Grant Morrison story during the Legends of the Dark Knight run? Like, the, mm. it didn't start with number one. Nobody's really looking at Legends of the Dark Knight. You know, like, but Grant Morrison literally wrote a story. I mean, what about uh, the Gates of Gotham? That's a Scott yeah. story. And that's that's further back, pre-New 52. And, One that uh, is often forgotten and rarely referenced by the man himself, hilariously enough. True enough. I have uh, I have the floppies of Gates of Gotham, and it's it, it, it's a good run, but nobody really talks about it. And it's, I think, because it just didn't have the exposure the New 52 run had. It's true. He also co-wrote that one with Kyle Higgins, and that was kind of Kyle Higgins getting his foot in the industry in yeah. a big bag, uh, big bad way. And they would, you know, uh, collaborate on quite a few things. Right, that's true. Um, very collaborative writer, Snyder, right out of the yeah, gate. Yeah, right? 
He helps a lot afraid. of people along. Yeah. yeah, like his his ego does not get in the way of his ability to work well with others. True. Um, he's, I mean, obviously he's worked with Tyne, with Tyne in the Fourth. Uh, he's worked with uh, Joshua Williamson, Marguerite um, Bennett, Marguerite Bennett. Like, there's tons of authors and creatives that Snyder has worked with in his storied career that has allowed him to not only um, branch out and try different stuff and stretch his muscles, but also uh, kind of make a name for himself as a, as a kind of cool dude. <laughs> Definitely. No one has a bad word to say about him. No, 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 no. Although I think the only guy who really speak, who, who will talk about the negatives is the man himself. Like when he tells yeah. like stories about how he had a lot of work to do personally, uh, especially when he did kind of like make, waves at dc when he first kind of like came on the scene mm -hmm. um he kind of had a really big head and he was like i'm really into this like i i'm i'm into me and i'm gonna like fight for myself <laughs> and it, it, he he had to be taught a lesson basically by other peers of his to say like yo man you gotta step you gotta step back you gotta take yourself out of the equation and uh i think it he's all the better for it definitely um, Certainly we are. Uh, <laughs> and then, oh, yeah, without a doubt. And I mean, what a what, what a lovely, odd couple pairing uh, him with Greg Capullo, where these two guys look like they probably wouldn't even hang out in the same bar. And yet they <laughs> put together this wonderful Batman run that we all love and continue to collaborate even to last night on Earth. Oh, true. Yeah, no. But at the same time, uh, I, and I think it's that they did have a hard time when they first started. Like, you know, it was very like a, a meeting of the minds, two very mm. strong egos, like kind of clashing with each other. Like I can't like this kid's writing all these words. I just want to draw something awesome. And, mm. and, 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 and Capullo being, you know, and Snyder being like, I, I need you to draw this. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, Unstoppable force, immovable object. Yeah. And of course, thanks to Superman, we know that the answer to that is that they surrender. And so they surrender to each other and they manage to become like, brothers essentially and yeah their, their their collaboration has only become stronger as it's gone forward it's true um, and it's funny you'd never notice like if you were looking at you know when that their first collaboration with new 52 batman one um you you wouldn't you, you couldn't tell me that these two had a difficulty communicating no not at all um and it but it, but of course you do see as it goes forward like when you get to mr bloom yeah which i'm not a huge fan of but you can't deny the art is Oh, yeah. Next level. I mean, by oh, zero totally. year, these two have figured out the dance moves. Oh, yeah. And they are tangoing all over this series. Flawlessly. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Um, before we just jump further into uh, the man's career, I wanted to say that this show, by the way, Elseworlds Exchange, is brought to you by viewers like you. If you're watching the show live, uh, first of all, congratulations and thank you. You're one of the mm -hmm. lucky few. Uh, but you are actually a sponsor of today's show, and you can do so by using the Super Chats and ask a question and make a comment, and we will read it here on the program, and it'll be uh, saved and, and secure for all time. Yeah. So, uh, you know, let's jump into a couple of them. Uh, what was it? Adam Azamoa says, Snyder, the antithesis to Grant Morrison in writing. That's, mm. It's funny you should say that because not only have those two worked and spoken with each other. Yeah. Uh, they have each other's ear. Uh, and in fact, uh, Snyder has, inf has informed a lot of his writing from Grant Morrison. Certainly. Especially this last Justice League run. Certainly this Justice League run is not an antithesis, but more of a love letter. Yeah. To Grant Morrison's work. Um, I know that, uh, not to toot my own horn, but when we talked to him last time, he mentioned that uh, when he was talking about breaking the source wall, Morrison himself said, you got, you know what you got to do, Scott? You got you to gotta have the silver surfer like fly through it. And like <laughs> the other side of the source wall is the Marvel Universe. Um, and, and I got to tell you, like, uh, number one, thanks for sharing that story. Number two, uh, I love that idea. And number three, like, 
Morrison wouldn't have felt comfortable sharing that opinion if no. the two of them didn't have a, a rapport. Um, so yeah, I mean, like, and and it's funny because like, yeah, Morrison is a lot more ethereal, and yeah. Snyder, I would say his strengths are in the literal. Definitely. You know, like if you look at Black Mirror and you look at that story with Gordon and his son and the the keychain and the and just just the visceral death and horror yep. that is in these books, like that, is, there's nothing you know, otherworldly about it. It's just about being afraid. It's real. And, and, and yeah, and, and, and the real tangibility of horror. And what, like, what's truly scary is the things that are real, not that are mystical. Yeah. I can always like, I've never been afraid of Freddy Krueger because that's, there's nothing scary mm. about like a really, really excited guy in a sweater <laughs> who's going to kill me in my dreams. The concept little too far out there. But like, if you tell me that there's a guy who literally exists and he hides in closets, I'm terrified. Yeah. And the two of the, like, listen, Morrison would tell a hell of a Nightmare on Elm Street story. I bet. And Snyder would tell a hell of a story about shit that scares the crap out of me. <laughs> Definitely. And that's another thing, too, about Snyder that I think a lot of people uh, forget is that he cut his teeth on horror. He was a horror writer early on in his career, and it still seeps through every so often as his stuff has become more and more superhero. I mean, The Court of Owls, that's like some straight-up eyes-wide-shut shit is what that is. Yeah, we never really get too deep. I'm, I'm, I'm actually a little, not disappointed, but I'm more like surprised we haven't gotten a deep dive into The Court of Owls from the man himself. Right. Because The Court of Owls is, like, it, 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 would, it could be a deconstruction of the elite. I mean, especially mm. in, like, the Jeffrey Epstein days. Oh, like, yeah, 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 Now yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. yeah, no, like, make it about this. Like, this thi this real thing that is horrible and how connected they are. Wouldn't it be interesting to find out that The Court of Owls has actually been, like, funding the mayors of Gotham for the last 30 yeah, years right. because that's why they're so terrible all the time. I mean, a lot of their stuff is implied. The Talon book, hilariously enough, that he wrote with uh, James Tynan, yeah. that one went in a little bit more detail. Where it's like, and this is where the owls hide their money, and this is how they recruit, and this is whatever, whatever. But no, we never really did a deep enough dive into like, and this is what a day in the life of the Court of Owls looks like. No, um, Snyder's horror origins. I know that uh, one of his novels, The Voodoo Heart, uh, was... Mm. There's a quote on the cover which says, uh, Scott Snyder... Uh, well, it doesn't I, I don't know what it, it's too small, but uh, the point is, uh, <laughs> through his publications of the Voodoo Heart, uh, he formed a relationship with Stephen King. Mm. Of course, some would say one of the pioneers of graphic horror. Indeed, uh, and the two of them have a rapport and a connection, and apparently they're working on something together. Oh, hmm. um, but uh, but yeah, you no. can definitely see the King influence in his work, and that's the thing, like the. I, I am an unabashed King fan. I've read mm. probably 20 books by Stephen King. And uh, I will admit that the faults of his are consistent. Uh, especially right now as he's getting into a lot of Twitter trouble as we do oh, this I haven't, even, I haven't even looked. I don't know anything oh. about the man on Twitter. I'm just... Focusing solely on his work from the '80s, but like, oh, but Stephen, let's just say he said a dumb dumb. Oh well, they all do, really, right? <laughs> I mean, but uh, but but King, uh, his horror is, you know what it is? It's like blue collar horror, very. And yes. I think that's where Snyder's relatability comes in because yeah. like that influence is very much inherent in his work, and that the blue collar horror. What I mean by that is like, you know. We're not talking about a person who our protagonist is not 
smart or no. a doctor or capable. We're talking about teenagers, mo- single mothers. Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking about people who just just are just folk living, and then Indeed. something happens. I mean, literally in the stand, one of King's most celebrated stories of all time, uh, and, and most criticized because of its endings. Um, but the stand is all the protagonists are dumbasses who are yeah. bumbling their way through rebuilding society. <laughs> and they're just like, I hope, I hope we find an engineer at some point because I'm really screwed. I'm just, I just, I just sing country songs. Like, I don't know anything. Um, and, and I really like that. It, it, it Snyder has not, uh, ever failed to deliver a relatable protagonist. Totally. Loves architecture. That's another thing that permeates all of his work. The man loves architecture and he loves architecture because he loves history. Why? Why was this building built the way it does? I bet there's an interesting story behind that. There often is. And I bet I can use that story to help inform my own story. Well, that's certainly I mean, and when we're talking about consistency of writing and, and across the board with King or Snyder, like the history lessons were abound in the beginning of his writing and particularly noticeable in the bat books. And that's, that's when I first started to criticize the man's work publicly on our, on our own channel. I'd be like, Mm -hmm. and now we all have to sit down and listen to a boring history lesson about some building or gargoyle or subterranean labyrinth that was built by so-and-so in 18 such-and-such, and and how actually the whole design behind it uh, relates to the problem that Batman has to solve right now. And how is it allegory for? Yeah, and like, oh my God. And as much as like, that's a really cool device, it's like, you gotta break that convention, man. And and indeed he did. And when when it comes up now in his writing, it's actually kind of funny because it's been 10 years, right? Yeah. So like, well, not 10 years, almost 10 years, about eight or nine years. But like, uh, when it comes up now, it's almost like, oh, look, he's doing the thing. Like, it, he, he's broken that convention, I think, to the point he's, where... He's almost winking and nudging at you when he does it. Yes. Like, when it comes up, you know that he's like, it's either self-referential or he's like, well, come on, I can't not talk about the architecture. It's freaking the Hall of Justice. Like, uh, and, and I'll grant you that, you know, because it's like, it doesn't, it's not a convention if it doesn't really work, you know? It's, and, it's, and it does. It's funny that, you know, I remember we talked about this early on when you and I actually first met that that was a device I really liked and you didn't. And this was before and this was before I even knew you had a background as a teacher. Right. Which is the thing. So when I put that together, I'm like, oh, I guess Sal, the teacher, would have told that story a little differently if he could. have. Maybe. I mean, the fact is, like, I would never have been I I can't touch the man's work or his or his narrative structure. And and in fact, Snyder himself was a teacher. Uh, Yeah, that's not only worked. Uh, you know, at the at the university level, I mean, he's he's taught at three different schools: uh, Sarah Lawrence, um, uh, NYU, and Columbia. And recruited very many of his students and to write. Recruited Mark. his own like proteges, if if you will, people yes. who are, by the way, no slouches. Mm-mm. You know, we're talking about people like Marguerite Bennett, James Tynan the Fourth, people who you whose work you know and like. Yep. Uh, whether you like all of it or not, regardless you like something they've written and it, you can't deny their, their it, talent. It, in a way, he's kind of a Batman himself, isn't he? Creating a whole uh, a extended little Snyder family. family. <laughs> yeah, a, little, a little Snyder family. Exactly. In fact, many years ago, this interview was sadly lost to time in the internet, but when I talked to Kyle Higgins, yeah. uh, who was writing Nightwing at the time, he said that's exactly what it was like working at Scott uh, worth, uh, with Scott at DC because Higgins very publicly didn't like his first run at DC. He was new. The New 52 was kind of crazy. He felt like the editors were writing most 
most of the books at that time. Which they were. I mean, yeah, I feel like know. the only I feel like the only book that wasn't touched by editors was Snyder and Capullo's Batman. And again, Higgins basically says the only time he felt any creative freedom was when he was writing that Nightwing uh, Night of the Owls crossover because Snyder was kind of godfathering the whole project. And he's like, hey, trust your instincts, Kyle. You do you. Right. Well, plus you knew that at the editorial level, they didn't give a shit about Nightwing anyway. And they were all they were just going to pass it off to Tom King and make him Dick Grayson. Like, <laughs> and very little has changed since. Well, you know, it, it never will unless like regimes change. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, like the dude, like he's written some fun stuff. I, I uh, it's funny. He, he always talks about when he got a start over at Marvel in 09 uh, with the 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 Human Torch miniseries mm. um, or not miniseries, but more like uh, anthology. Yeah, the big and collection. The big collection, exactly. And uh, and it's funny how this prolific creator, whose name we all know, and we could easily like, and if you say, "Hey, what book would Scott Snyder do really good at?" Everyone would have a different list. And Indeed, that list would be across the board. It would be you'd have a book at Image, at Marvel, at DC, mm-hmm. and yet his Marvel work significantly smaller. Yeah, um, and I think it's just because DC recognized a good thing when they when they found it. Also. Totally. Uh, it was just the wrong time, man. If Snyder had come on the scene in like 2000, you know, during the Marvel Max era, during mm. the Marvel Knights era, we'd have a very different world. Uh, but Spider-Man could have been fighting the Court of Owls for all you know. Oh, my God. I mean, the, a lot could have changed. Um, but I think I think it really was the siren call of Vertigo that got him into it. Totally. Uh, because Vertigo, of course, fosters creativity and originality and, and, and you know, that, that otherworldly, you know, sense of the 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 unknown and the dark um his american vampire of course uh i'm, I'm thinking severed. Of, uh, severed exactly that was the first thing i read from him actually i remember uh my local comic shop guy was like oh you gotta read this this is like the scariest book in years this is like <laughs> one of the best vertigo things in a long time and i'm yeah. like eh, you know it's not really I, I don't venture outside the cape and cowl stuff very often so this must be pretty damn good and indeed he was it was a total creep show did they end up <laughs> making that into a movie i want to say they made that into a movie at some point I don't or am think i thinking so. of another horror movie called severed yeah i think that's just another one uh Fair. but uh but yeah it should be a movie no i remember um i think american vampire was one of the first books that i that i read reluctantly by him because i remember getting tons of accolades i believe it won him an eisner and yes. uh He's a multi-time award ink pot stanley eisner's and harvey's, harvey's. yeah uh but I remember being like, "Oh my god, more vampires!" Mm-hmm. And I, it it and it took very little time. Uh, you know, the dialogue was solid, and Albuquerque's oh. art was, Bleh. and and I'm like, "Oh, cool! This is actually like really well handled and not greedy." You know, American yes. Vampire turned out to be. Like, we only made American Vampire when we had something to say. I really did enjoy that. The fact that, you know, uh, it, it kind of invoked this really cool time and place. And as you mentioned, like, oh, more vampires. That was the year it came out in the year when every fucking thing was vampires. Kind of like how uh, we're all sick of zombies now. Right, exactly. No, and I feel like if Snyder did have a zombie pitch, not only would they <laughs> publish it, but it would be damn good and it would probably defy the convention. Oh, probably. Um, because... T- you know, you can't deny the dude's prowess. Um, Tevia says, uh, didn't Snyder do the god-awful Gordon Batman in Zero Year? Uh, not only did he do them, but I gotta tell you, man, like, I I was very harsh on Zero Year. And it's because as a fan of Batman and as a fan of, as a fan of bold-faced mythology, mm-hmm. I felt like Zero Year was 
And of course, because DC was like, we're New 52 in it up. We're starting at ground zero. Zero year. We're going to fill in all the gaps. Yeah. Zero year felt like a bloated, over-explained, like, ex- like a, a deconstruction where I'm like, you don't need that much. I, you know? I remember really liking it until it got to the end of the Red Hood gang stuff and then kept going. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah. Um, I, and I'm like, oh, we're, we're not done here. This is, we still got more origin. Okay. Right. Oh, we're still going to keep going. Oh, okay. Um, it's funny too, because Bruce doesn't really grow too much to me. Like he not just kind of, he's, he's more dumb, but he's still the same person as he goes, which is, which could be actually an interesting analysis of Bruce Wayne. Like that he's always been solidified, right? He's an eight year old boy forever. Uh, but at the same time, I, I was super harsh on it's because I was like, you're not only are you superseding Frank Miller's year one, which is something that I can't believe. Like, sacrilege. Be it's sacrilege to me. Um, but at the same time, it's also like, it, it's too much, you know, like you're, if you're going to build an origin or, or a new DC universe origin, these are the, these are the archetypes. These are the templates. You know, you don't need to complicate Superman's origin. You, Grant Morrison did it best, where it's like, doomed planet, kindly couple, last hope. Like, you're good. You don't need to show Krypton mm. or what their computers looked like or if they had dogs. Like, we know they had dogs. One lands on Earth in the future. Like, we're yeah. good. But as far as Batman's concerned, you don't need to fill in the gaps too deeply. And, and the other thing was... I mean, the guy's under a directive that says, like, tell the origin, do your own thing, get away from Frank Miller's origin. And, of course, when you find out that, like, he's told, don't do that. Mm -hmm. Like, we are not using Frank Miller's origin. Please stop being beholden (laughs) to it. We're we're doing something else. You got to do something else. And at the very least, whether whether I, like, I still like it or not, I I at least have to admit that Zero Year is ambitious and it does manage to succeed in what he was attempting to do. And and it, it resonates with a lot of people. Robert Pattinson on a motorcycle, everyone's like, holy shit, it's zero year. Yeah. I saw that, yeah. And I'm like, oh, are we excited about that? Okay. I mean, like, and I got to admit, Riddler taking over Gotham and Gotham under siege, like mm-hmm. that kind of appeals to me. That concept is really cool. Cool um, shit, yeah. Yeah. I, I guess I just kind of like, uh, the, but the over explanation is where, I, it was where it loses me. No. Um, and uh, as far as uh, I think Tevi mentioned, yeah, Gordon's time as uh, Batman, I will vehemently defend that. I thought that was a fun era of stories. I like that Snyder cuts to this idea where it's like, look, no one loves Gotham more than Batman. But after him, no one loves Gotham more than Gordon. Right. Uh, and that he would be the ideal replacement should uh, any of the Robins be indisposed. Well, and the other thing is, like, no one besides Bruce Wayne has lost more because of Gotham than also Gordon. Also that. Um, I like the idea. I think again, right idea, wrong time. Indeed, because like the because Gordon as Batman, as much as I find it to be sacrilegious, you know, I'm like, no, Gordon is an element of Batman. He doesn't become Batman. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, there's these these mm. these elements of Batman, and Gordon is one piece. He's not the piece. Right. Um, if you're gonna do that temporarily, not a bad idea. It's just that like the DCU era. You know, like, you have a lot of great story potential with Gordon being Batman. Gee whiz, wouldn't Clark Kent, Superman, and Gordon have an interesting dynamic? They um, would. I would Too love bad. to see that. Too bad Superman was, in and of himself, 
a tangled mess. Depowered and acting weird and that everything in the DC universe was topsy-turvy at that point. Exactly. Which they, which they don't even really reference it anymore. No. I mean, the fact is, with, with respect to, to Super Heavy, Gordon Batman and that concept uh, was just one of many different ideas that were all being tried at the same time. And it's like, mm. no, you do each of those things because if you set that, that odd turn on its ear convention against the regular landscape of the DC universe, that seems even more exciting. Yeah. But if everything's upside down, then you might as well do anything. Who cares? It's less Bit. special. But I'm sure 5G will be good. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but, uh, but I think we're being facetious about that. Uh, but yeah, I, I quite enjoyed that era for what it was worth. And if you hear a loud drilling sound, yes, that's, that's just the bell guys who are apparently drilling through every floor to lay cable today. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, they're great. They were they were here a couple hours ago. I think they're on the floor below me now. Oh, great. Well, it sounds yeah. like they're wrapping up. So. Oh, uh, good. Thanks, bell guys. Cam Census says, I know now it's not a perfect story, but Batman Endgame brought me back into comics before that mm. i thought the comic industry was perpetually stuck in the 70s for some reason <laughs> and i'm glad i came back yeah Endgame. Yeah. i was not a huge fan of Endgame. for me like the batman run a little bit of diminishing returns but with something special that i haven't seen before but Endgame, that one i remember people being like the stakes are raised holy crap um for me the real litmus, litmus test was uh death of the family Mm, yeah, it's a very high point. Like, the his big reinvention of the Joker. Yes, without it being a reinvention, it's funny how he had. It seemed like he he paid more reverence to the Joker than he did to Batman's origin. Which again, I was like, which cemented my hatred of Zero Year because he's a horror, because he's a slasher villain, right? Because he's because he maybe he doesn't die like <laughs> that yeah. concept, that image, like. And the funny thing is, with the devil is in the details when it comes to Snyder, because like he could Indeed. tell you an epic story about the Joker taking down the Justice League, or destroying the Bat Family, or cutting his own face off. And the fact is, he can do that, and you could get a cool story, and by and large, most people would like it. In fact, I know that he said on numerous occasions, he's like, I know how to tell your standard Batman story. Like, I know how to give you, you know, like, oh, Mr. Freeze needs this thing. He wants to save his wife and Batman fights him. And he's like, I can do those stories and I could tell you that without effort. And people would lo and everyone across the board would love it, but it wouldn't be exciting to him to write. And it wouldn't be exciting for us to read because ultimately it is just kind of like it's Batman number 642. Like mm. it's, it, it doesn't actually have like a place and it doesn't have like the gravitas that he wants to give. But, like, there's a moment in Death... Uh, I think it's in Death of the Family. No. Is it Endgame? Endgame's on where he can't die. Uh, where, where they think he can't die. Yes. Yeah. Uh, where uh, Joker... Where Joker uh, goes under the bed of Gordon. And, that was the one. And uh, he crawls out from under it. Not only major horror, but also... Then Gordon shoots the shit out of him. Yeah, he does. And when he shoots him, like when he's done, he weeps. Yep. But they're not tears of stress or or anguish. They're tears the of joy. Yeah, he's it's so finally over. He's relieved that he's finally had an excuse to kill the Joker. I've avenged Sarah Essen, maybe, depending on continuity. Right, and Barbara, maybe, depending on continuity. On continuity, yeah. But the, the story's there, we promise. Yeah, but I but like that image of Gordon weeping and smiling and being like, Batman, I did it. Yeah. It's, it's over. I'm like, not everyone can do that. 
It's true. And to still make you root for it, make go actually the whole uh, Joker being under Gordon's bed thing. I think that's actually a reference to the original death of the family. Cause doesn't he fuck with Gordon and say that and be like, Oh, and I see you smoking and I see you doing all this other stuff. Oh, yeah. And he's like, and he's like, what was he doing? Hiding under my bed this time? He was, yes, I was. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Um, oh God, it's just good stuff. Like, so it's even if I'm like, eh, end game, like, Oh, but that moment though, that's a great moment and also endgame had probably one of my favorite reveals they've had in a bit and that is where you find out that dr eric border uh at arkham who we were introduced to right. in marguerite bennett's annual and i'm like oh this is kind of a fun character they're throwing in here oh he's new at arkham and everything he doesn't know what's going on but he's making a lot of weird decisions oh eric means eternal and border means jester eric border was actually the joker this whole time great reveal good stuff and that uh, he could pretend to be sane for a little bit. I'm like, oh, this is, is a Joker on another level. Yeah, I like that. Uh, Dark Knight Nation, you two are my gateway into intellectualizing comics. I can't thank you Aww. enough. Thank you, man. I'm glad Aww. you appreciate that. I, pre I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Uh, and Comics Miss Explained, can we get an ending? Uh, oh, geez, here we go. Uh, can we get an ending that doesn't involve holding hands and doing a Care Bear stare? <laughs> Usually the ride is always fun with the Snyder up until the ending. I, I'm, I'm the guy who said that. <laughs> So I I hear what you're I know where you're coming from and I do appreciate like that criticism, because um, yes it is all about like hope, and they all just hope a little harder. Yeah, I, 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 I will also admit that too. As much as I love Snyder's work, the man has had a problem with endings in his whole career. Usually, the issue right before the penultimate issue yes. is the mind blowing amazing one. Right. And then when it's time to finish it off, it's like, and then, yeah. Yeah. And I think that part of that is playing to your strengths, right? It's about, yes. like, what you know how to do. Court of Owls nailed it. Um, and, and, and so much more. I mean, like, I'll be honest. I didn't read Iron Man Noir, but apparently, dude wrote Iron Man Noir. I'll bet it has a, I know. I'll bet it has a solid ending because it's about a dude. Like, yeah. Snyder is able to tell a story about people, regular people grassroots blue collar in the soil people oh, and yeah. the shit that happens to them, the suffering they endure and the triumph they feel when they overcome it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But when you have an Amazon and a fish man and a cyborg and a Superman and they're fighting the thing that created everything or is going to wreck everything that ever was and is going to destroy thought and stories you know, it's harder to have them, you know, set a fire and win or shoot them in the face and win or, you know, let their own hubris be their downfall. He's got to do something that's even more bombastic. And at the end of the day, those are the stories. It's about hate against good and mm -hmm. truth. And at the end of the day, when it's hate versus truth or, you know, or, or, or life, holding hands and Care Bear staring is the success. Like uh, it's true. <clears throat> I don't have the, the, my, my great um, shame is that I don't have a better solution. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't know how to end dark Knight's metal to be more satisfying. I don't know what would make this current justice league run more satisfying, but I do know that I couldn't have gotten you here where no, we are excited and enthusiastic about what's going on. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. uh, and I think it's just playing to your strengths. It's just, you know, it's why Witches is so hailed and celebrated and mm. beloved, but there's not, like, 
you know, but there isn't like 16 witches. It's just, they got the bad egg sequel in the image magazine. You got the sequel that may or may not ever come, but like for the most part, witches is a thing right here. It's just this thing. And it's like, and, and it does have horror. It does have magic, but it's like real dark in the soil magic. It's not like I'm throwing planets at you. How do you, (laughs) how do you relate to that? Speaking of soil and magic, I'm just reminded too, that Snyder, wrote the new 52 Swamp Thing while he was writing Batman. And I think his Batman success kind of eclipsed the fact that he wrote a pretty goddamn solid Swamp Thing run, too. Agreed. No, no, no. It's true. And you know, by the way, who brought him into that, apparently, according to the trades, is uh, is Jeff Johns invited him to write Swamp oh, Thing. And of course, and, if, and how could he not? I mean, like, we know for a fact, due to only our not only our discussions with Mr. Snyder, but also his own uh, sharing of his of his past. Dude lived in the woods. Dude played with trees. He knows, like, and as a kid who grew up literally in the forest, like, who had to check himself for ticks every single day because I spent <laughs> four to six hours in the woods every day. Like, I know what it's like to be to feel a kinship with nature and to feel that like connectivity to, to to the plant to the green, if you will. I also think to the villain he invented for that one, uh, Abby Arcane's younger brother. Yes, which he was very excited to talk about because he's like, I like obviously Alan Moore and hit what he did mm-hmm. with 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 Swamp Thing, but not. It's funny you don't want to compare like apples and oranges. Johns is like I took an Alan Moore seven-page story and I wrote one hundred and fifty thousand pages of story <laughs> about that one idea. Snyder's like I read Alan Moore and I want to tell a story that makes me feel the way I felt when I read that. Totally agree. There's a bit in that run that still freaks me the fuck out when that little kid in a hospital gown goes to a diner and starts killing people with his powers. And his deal is like much like Swamp Thing can control uh, the green and all plant life. This kid can control, you know, uh, what is it? The the rot. He can control all. Yeah, he can control death in you. And he's like, here's the thing about people. We're all dying a little bit, be it the dead <laughs> skin cells on our hair. Uh, what is it? The the cavities in our mouths, you know, the cirrhosis in our liver and everything. We're all dying just a little bit. And now I can control it and turn it against yeah. you and kill you. And I'm like, fuck me. Oh, yeah, very. It, it actually reminded me very much of, but not in a like infringing way, but more like in a like, oh, that reminds me of that time when Dr. Destiny goes to the diner in uh, mm-hmm. Sandman and he turns everyone against each other. And it just, it, it's, it's a mind fuck. And that's exactly yeah. what it needs to be. His Swamp totally. Thing is second to none. His Animal Man is also celebrated and enjoyed. Uh, did he write Animal Man or was I, it uh, Lemire who wrote I Animal Man? I thought he did write a little bit of Animal Man. but uh, I wanna say, Well, I know they did a crossover, him and Lemire, a rot world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah. where they work together. That was a good crossover. That was like one of the big crossovers of the New 52 era. Right, right? Dude gets it. Um, yeah. His, uh, his strengths lie, I think, in the people that are in these stories. Like it always, it always starts with character. It may not even, I don't know about this and I don't want to like say, Hey, like this is how he is, but like it always starts with, with, with with the, with the character. Yeah. The person. Um, yeah. Uh, moving on. (laughs) Uh, so then he, he moves, he goes, I mean, he never really stays too far away from Batman at this point, but like, uh, justice league, Mm -hmm, which we're on right now which we're on right now and what we've been doing and we've done many, many arcs. What would you compare his justice league arc or run to that you've mm. seen before? Cause like it feels familiar, but also yes. distinctly not like the, uh, man we know. 
favorably, I would compare it to the Justice League cartoon show because it gives the spotlight to many of the same characters. Mm-hmm. Hot Girl, Jon Stewart, Green Lantern, Martian Manhunter. This is basically the Martian Manhunter story if you want to pick one person who this has been their big through line. It's all been about John Jones. Right. Yeah, it certainly has been about John Jones. Yeah, the whole damn and- thing is about him. He's the he's the ride-along character until you got rid of him halfway through the story but through which is maybe why these last two arcs have been a little hard because it's like oh well he was the heart of the story and now he's not here anymore but he's back and will be the one to save the day yeah i'm having a little bit of difficulty grounding this run and i think it's because i think jean is definitely the protagonist of the justice league run but i also have uh I, and it could be just because he's making Jean too alien, but I I'm having difficulty connecting with that character, mm. uh, and and really giving a shit about his struggle or his interest. You know what I mean? Like we get we get images. Like I mean, I love it how you know when you first get introduced, reintroduced to to, to Jean in his Justice League run. Uh, one of the first things we see is that he watched his family burn. Yeah. So like, of course, <laughs> but like, I don't know. It's just because he processes pain, guilt shame in a different way than we do in a different way than we do it makes him less relatable despite the relatability of a person who feels like they're on the fringe and that they've gone they've been birthed through tragedy and they're like and and maybe alone and maybe this is snyder trying to challenge himself too i mean he also greatly reworks the lex Luthor character and shows us an angle to him we never have been before to where it's like look he had this whole secret history with his father and everything he was doing and little luther actually knew little john and they were best friends and isn't that an interesting turn for a man who we know as an adult will hate aliens and everything about them right that's and and well and we haven't really gotten a good explanation as to the hypocrisy and i i mean like if you want to get deeper into it it's like of course for me it's the same reason why batman in the just like cartoon show at least was like quicker to to you know to let john in than he was Mm. to trusting superman when if you go with if you're if you say that the whole damn thing is one continuity uh and it's because john doesn't hide yes like superman looks like us and has pretended to be us for his entire life and for someone who like might be a xenophobic jackass like Lex Luthor <laughs> or Batman, like that is hypoc- that that is seemingly hypocritical. Um, whereas Jean is green; he can never hide. He's always going to be an alien and look like an alien. And mm. you know, he may give himself a cape, but he doesn't change his skin color. And for that, like I respect that. Like I, which, it, I which is so funnier because he has the more devious mental powers too. It's like, but I could go inside your head and fuck with it if I right, wanted. exactly. But you don't. And you know why mm. I know you're not going to because you don't hide. Yeah. Like if Superman had telepathy, I think Lex Luthor and Batman would be like, I don't trust him even more. <laughs> John always asks first. Consent is important to him. Like, look, I'm going to probe your mind right now. Is this okay? Right. Is that cool? Do you mind? Uh, which is Batman fair. Being like, okay. Batman's like, okay, let me let, let, let me compartmentalize all these traumatic ideas. <laughs> okay. Okay, cool. Yep. Yeah, now go. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm ready. Like, <laughs> all right, Batman, you jackass. Let me, let me clean up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, Christian uh, says, uh, Christian Barraza says, uh, he is probably a nice person seeing his connections to others in the industry, but the current state of DC is due to due in part to his influence. Where would we be without the commercial success of metal? Um, I mean, I don't know about that. I, I feel like Snyder is, here's the thing. I would call him a power player at DC. Indeed. Uh, but 
I don't think he'll ever accept an editor position. No, because he's I, too much of a storyteller. That's the thing. And I think he knows it. And I think he's actually said it before. But, like, I don't think he'd accept it. Whereas, like, John's always wanted to be able to influence what was and is mm-hmm. and the direction he wanted because he's clearly the guy who's like, I want Barry Allen! Like, he wa- I want things to be this way. And, and I, I build universes. And I, I fervently believe in my heart of hearts that my way is the best way. Whereas Scott, I think, just is like, he doesn't think of the, of that. It's more like, if you're going to let me tell this story, I will. Like if, if no, if you will not stand in my way, I will dictate the direction of the DC universe, but it's not because he thinks that the DC universe is somehow better because Perpetua is in it. It's because he had this this gnarly idea about Perpetua and said, no one will stop me. I will do it. And we can tell in his work too, just by how cooperational he is with other people's ideas and bringing in canon and stuff where it's like, he didn't have to do that, but it's really nice that he did. Right. And especially with the fact that like, well, with, with, with Gaiman and, and, and metal Gaiman has a deal. You can't use the endless without his, without like talking to him. And by the way, you can, they own it, but Gaiman will, if he notices, he'll come out and be like, I don't approve. I don't agree. Mm -hmm. And he's done that before. Yes. He's like, I don't agree with their use of that character. And you did not ask for my permission. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, I mean, like, you know, I don't. I think that's a little much. But, uh... I mean, few people get to do it, but I mean, few people carry as much clout as Gaiman. Well, that's the thing. Like, I don't trust too many people with the Endless as I do Gaiman. Right. Um, and with, but with a story like Metal, which was all about the Halls, you can't not use Daniel Hall. Yeah. I'm shocked he didn't go as far with it, but if you know the history, you know that's why he shows up. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to metal, I mean, like, he's like, Snyder Snyder definitely did dictate the direction of the DC Universe, but not necessarily, I think, in a way where he's like, ha 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 ha, this will work. I want it to go in this direction. It's more just like, I have this cool, I have this rad idea I want to see and do. Yeah. And I don't want to be bogged down by bullshit. Like, I want the history. And I want to be able to reference this shit. And so it's like, I want it to matter that Indeed. like when Batman's missing, Superman will break the barrier of reality to go get him. Yeah. And if I can't reference their years, decades of history to do it, then it's not worth doing. Mm. So I'm going to do it. And and if I need to break continuity or, or break the, 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 the conceit that new 52 really is our universe and totally different now, like if I got to screw all that up, so that I, because I want it to be plausible that Batman and Superman would call each other brother, <laughs> I'll do it because like who cares? Because clearly they don't. Yeah. Um. Uh. But yeah, no. He he definitely is responsible. He's a power player, but I don't think that he ultimately dictates the direction DC goes in. It's more like no. If the people I'm- in charge have a direction that they want to go in, they'll stop him. I mean, I think that's more obvious now than ever in yeah. this era of him doing his stuff with Perpetua and basically doing a crisis in everything but name in Justice League. Yep. Bendis being like, well, I want to rewrite everything about Superman over here. Yep. And King doing his thing and being like, well, somewhere along the lines, these stories don't feel like these should fit together. Nope. And they really don't. As many one shots as we make for other writers to be like, no, 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 I can fix. No, I can fit. It can all fit. Yeah. 
that's frustrating. That's what Hell Arise it is, is I'm just like, oh, poor James Tyne, and they gave you a book to try and make all of the last couple years of DC make sense. Right, uh, which isn't fair. No. <laughs> What's funny is, Snyder also has this great uh, uh, opportunity. I believe there's a clause in his contract that says you can go do image stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and that explains like where the wake came from or where yeah. uh, uh, his his collaboration with uh, uh, was it Jeff Lemire when he did uh, AD? Yes, I think so. And also that book he's writing now about America. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. on Discovered Country. Yes. There you go. Um, those are his. Uh, uh, those that's the image clause is his vertigo. Yeah. Because he didn't start with Batman. You know, he no, starts he with not. Vertigo. And he likes telling stories about Batman, so he'll keep doing it. I mean, Last mm-hmm. Night on Earth and this new plan for a metal sequel, which isn't at all. But uh, he, he uh, but, but he's, uh, he's able to have the best of both worlds now. Where he's totally. like, I get to tell like my fun stories with the action figures and whatnot. Uh, and if I really have something fucked up I want to tell, I can go over to the image and do that. Which I think makes for, you know, a happier creator, which makes for happier fans because it exactly. makes for better books. <laughs> exactly. No, I mean, like, the fact is, if DC was smart, what they really should be doing is giving them black label books. Wouldn't that be nice? I mean, he got the one, and I mean, Last Night on Earth is basically the finale to his Batman run, yeah, it, that one doesn't, way or another. That could be an annual, for Christ's sake. That doesn't re- need to be a black really label could. anything. That could literally I mean, just be... They really don't challenge much, do they? No, they don't. Like, well, and that's because Black Label, like, is inherently nothing. It's just whatever. They they even make reference to what's going on in Justice League with the Doom and everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. With the Justice Doom. I'm trying to think, do they do anything that's really egregious in that story that would break continuity? With with the Justice League run? Uh, or no, with Last Night on Earth, did oh. they really do anything egregious that breaks continuity? I mean, I guess they kill off technically real Batman for yeah, I mean, like, Batman, but... It's, it's an Elseworlds book, because, yeah. like... But, and it's also funny, because it's, like, it's an Elseworlds book where he's like, here's some stuff that I just want to see that I think is rad, but I'm never, I'm never going to touch on that. Actually, no, wait, I thought of the thing. I thought of the thing. Oh, yeah. no, but that ended up not being true, though. I was going to say the revelation with yes. his dad, but then the Joker says, nah, that's actually bullshit. That no, I made that up. I didn't know it was going to break him. Yeah, oops. <laughs> oops. My bad. Made him the biggest villain of the DC Universe. Neat. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that doesn't change continuity either. It's just the, the continuation and proliferation of his run from the beginning. Um, I mean, I guess it's a little dark and fucked up that uh, Lex, they imply that Lex Luthor keeps sacrificing multiversal Superman babies to try and create a new Superman. Yep. But that's more implied. We don't actually see him do it. No, but we do get it. Yeah. Uh, Alex M says, if DC and Marvel would trade writers, uh, which writer from Marvel would you see, would you think would be worth it to trade for Scott Snyder? See, I feel that needs to be a show in and of itself. I think we just do like a writer fantasy draft is yeah. what it is. We all have points and we buy writers for our company. Yes. By the way, the answer is Donny Cates. Mm, yeah. Like, because of how prolific both authors are, you know, Snyder and Cates produce a, a significant body of work and can work on multiple books and make long standing runs. They love continuity. They can reinvent the wheel. You can give Kate something like Venom, which was arguably a depreciating asset. And he's like, I'm going to make you the best fucking Venom run you've ever read. Well, and the fact is, like, one day when Al Ewing has enough of Marvel. Yeah. They could easily give Snyder the Hulk. And Oh, yeah. And that'd it, be good. And there would never be a dip in sales. No. Like, which would be a smart move. 
Um, in all likelihood, they'll just give it to Donny Cates. But, <laughs> but uh, also that. But yeah, no, I think that's the switch. Um, I don't think it's the switch that's coming. It's the it's the switch I would make were I in charge. That's a pretty good trade. Um, and uh, Jack O'Connell says, "I love you guys uh, and the show. Thank you, man. Thank I love you, you too. Uh, really want to want Snyder to write Spider Man. He can do humor and fun stories, and a bit of horror works well with Spider Man. Agreed. Yeah, that one's I mean, one of those things where it's like, yes." Snyder is funny. I don't think he gets uh, credit for being funny, but he can craft a pretty good joke. The funny thing is, for me, his humor would work better for Spider-Man. Like, his his Batman humor, it's very dry, and it's very, very. like... It's very out of left field. It's never really organic. It's always, like, Batman... It's like Batman always tells a dad joke. Mm. And it's like, when Batman decides to be funny, he always tells a, a groaner. <laughs> but he is a dad, though. Oh, and he is a dad. Time. So, I mean, obviously. But, like, but it's always a groaner, and it's always, like, a clunky groaner. Mm. And the, He's friggin' Fozzie Bear over and here. And Batman never makes jokes. That's, like, that's a very recent addition. I mean, Batman always made jokes for a while, and then he yeah. didn't anymore. And the public consciousness is, like, when Batman makes a joke, it's weird. Yeah. That kind of clunky, I'm going to try something like waka waka moment <laughs> works better in spider-man particularly yeah. in the heavy shit and that's the thing like the horror with spider-man would really relate better to snyder not than batman but certainly if if snyder was to move away from batman and do anything else spider-man is the one to go with not which, only which because is his flagship but just it, it makes me think too obviously right now we've got that new spider-man villain kindred who i think they're trying really hard to make scary yes but it's almost like they're trying too hard it's overdeveloped i mean the fact is like the fact is the art and the concept don't match the the intent no like kindred is a centipede man and he's rendered in all four color glory no you need and, you need muted colors, you need shadows, and you need not Ryan Otley. Ryan Otley, good artist, does his thing. Invincible. He's the brightest, most colorful superhero that is. Image has ever produced. That that does not and that and that, by the way that is that is Spider Man. Spider Man is bright, colorful, primary colors. It should work. But when you want to do horror, you can't have that. You need a you need a good match. You need somebody he, who can really deliver it. And, you know, you know yeah. who Kindred should have been, Mister Teeth from that new uh, James Tyne and Batman. Mister Teeth is in like a couple pages. I'm like, yo, that dude's fucking scary. That guy's scary. Wow. Yes. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if Kindred was actually Mister Teeth. <laughs> yeah. For me, man, honestly, the dream team for Spider-Man would be a would be a Snyder Capullo combo. Has Capullo ever drawn Spider-Man before? Or am I? I don't think so. I, I think I've seen him draw it as a sketch, but I've never. No, I don't. I, maybe he did. I think he. I think Capullo did like a what if book, but uh, you know what I mean. Like, no, I, 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 he's never drawn Spider-Man for Marvel. You know what I mean? Because like that on its face would be like, yo, come and see Greg Capullo draw some Spider-Man. Oh my god! I mean, all he has to do is just release an image of it. Um, yeah, yeah. Because uh, he's he's done a lot of work for Marvel before. Uh, the question is just, like, w whether Spider-Man showed up in any of them. He's literally done uh, Avengers, Quasar, X-Force, uh, and X-Men. He also did mm. What If number 2 from 1989, and that's the question, is whether Spider-Man's in that right. issue. Uh, It'd be fun, too, to see Snyder take a crack at Spider-Man, who has such this rich rogues gallery, much like Batman, and be like, all right, time to reinvent the wheel on some of these guys. Though, admittedly, they reinvent the wheel more often with Spider-Man villains than they do Batman villains. Yes. I mean, the fact is... 
Spider-Man's villains all hang out, well, used to all hang out, in an Arkham Asylum-esque facility of Ravencroft. You know what I mean? Like, it it lends itself. I mean, plus, like, you got someone like Carnage, who it's co-opted by Donny Cates. You can't do anything with Carnage, but, like, it's a great Capullo drawing and a great Snyder approach. Mm. Um, Yes, I think he has drawn Spider-Man because the what if number two was what if Daredevil killed the Kingpin and I think Spider-Man mm. appears in that issue. <laughs> right, okay, that makes so, sense. I'll, I'll, I'll dig deeper but while we talk, but yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, so um, getting back to what you said, Mr. O'Connell... Um, yeah, I would love to see that, man. Uh, and I tried to get him to say that <laughs> when we were talking last time. Uh, and he, I, think he, I think he admitted to it as such, but he didn't, he didn't get as much. Like He was like, I have a Hulk book ready to go. Like, I have a Hulk event in yeah, my head that's that. ready to go. Um, he did not say, I have a run for Spider-Man, which doesn't everybody? Yeah, I mean, honestly, no. I'm a comic fan. I don't have a pitch for Spider-Man. Spider-Man's yeah. hard. They've done everything with Spider-Man. I know. I literally, I, I've for years maintained as a Spider-Man fan, like I've maintained for years, I don't have a Spider-Man fan. I'm too close to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did develop one. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I finally have one in my head. I'm like, yes, I have one. Um, obviously, like, Victor Bogdanovic would draw it. Uh, but, course. you know. I mean, if you put a gun to my head and it's like, okay, 60 seconds, what are you going to do with Spider-Man? Joe? Send him to Nebraska or somewhere where he can't swing because there's no tall buildings? <laughs> That's not anything. Boo, blam. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he fights like some Jesse Pinkman style meth dealers. I don't know. <laughs> uh, all right. Be- Spider-Man versus meth. All right. <laughs> you know, he's in Nebraska and he can't swing on nothing, so he's got to like ride the bus or he gets an El Camino and he paints it up like Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you're losing me again. Yeah, there you go. Oh, God, please don't shoot me. I've got nothing. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll introduce a new love interest or something. People seem to like that. <laughs> <laughs> what does she have that's different than all the other love interests we have? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Remember when he dated a female stand-up comedian for a bit? I thought that had some legs. <laughs> Why didn't there they do go. more with that? Can we bring her back in some regard? Uh, we'll see. I think Zdarsky invented her, actually. Yeah, I think you're right. Yes, that's right. For the early days of his uh, of his Spider-Man book before yeah. uh, Life Story. Oh. Uh, by the way, Capullo definitely drew Spider-Man in this issue ah. uh, because Daredevil fights the Hobgoblin. Uh, just for fun, I'm going to pull up the image. <laughs> I mean, you, you might as well. We've talked about it. Is it, is it cool? Is it no. a cool image? No. No. He's he's trying to evoke like a, a 1980s Frank Miller style. Mm-hmm. But uh, but it exists. Well, that's cool. And there it is. It's it's and... it's very standard and it works pretty well. I would argue he's drawn Hobgoblin more than Spider-Man. Huh. Uh, and it doesn't look anything like you know, the spawn crossover we desperately have all wanted. <laughs> is Was that the OG uh, Hobgoblin, or is it one of the many pretenders? It's, it's uh, I think it has to be Kingsley, but also he turns into a Demo Goblin in that issue, so it's a uh, mess. Uh, the Batman of Points says, Black Label, it's everything and nothing at the same time. That's Agreed. pretty fair. I got that new question book today. I'm excited to read, because yeah. that, that feels like something. It is. It, well, it's a continuation of the last run of the of the question like from the 80s it was or 90s yeah it's, it's good it's yeah. good uh 94 evangelion speaking of snyder bats run how come people tend to ignore morrison's batman run despite snyder being a fan and drawing influence from that run 
I think you're, I, I, no, no, he, they don't. Uh, I think that like, if you were around when Morrison was writing Batman, you could not escape the no, Morrison. Like everyone was talking about how no one will be able to hold the candle to Morrison's run. How Morrison, 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 Morrison. How they is, all hated Damien. They all hated. Well, I hated Damien. Uh, people got into him eventually, uh, not but me. not till much. I would say not till like Tomasi and after other stuff. I think uh, people hated him right up until then. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I mean, I certainly did, but uh, but you know, no, I, I think people still talk about how great Morrison's run is. It's just that. They've had three Titans writing Batman. It's Morrison, mm -hmm. Snyder, and King. Yeah. And I hate all of King's run, but that is, you know, you know, doesn't mean that his run isn't discussed heavily. And in fact, oh, yeah. I know that a lot of people have been talking about how it's like, wouldn't it have been great if Snyder came back to Batman after mm -hmm. like King was unceremoniously asked to leave. I, uh, uh, I I would have put money on it. In fact, I'm like, you know what? He says he doesn't want to. He says he's done. But if they drive the dump truck of money up to his house. Yeah, I, I think I think he's I think he has enough dump trucks of money. And I, I don't true. I don't mean to say that he's like totally like wealthy and everything. But I do think that like he's rich it, enough to say no. He can say no. It's it, it's like the old Louis C.K. bit, which is in poor taste nowadays. But he, mm -hmm. he had this he had this joke where he talked about how like. Uh, a homeless person had like, he's like that homeless guy over there. He has like, I, I would rather be him than me because of like my life and like how you know, I got his kids and got this miserable wife and all this stuff. And like, I'm unhappy, but if I trade lives with him, I'll be where I am in a couple of months <laughs> and he'll lose everything I have because he's a homeless person. <laughs> and it's like with Snyder, it's like, yeah, I don't need to come back to Batman. Because I could literally go to any book and it would be a success. Not yeah. just because of the name cachet, but also because if I choose to do a book, it will because it will be because I like that book and I and have I that have a idea. Story. Exactly. And so that worked out and so yeah, like it's so smart that he didn't take Batman because he's like, Well, I mean, I wrote that last night on Earth book. I literally just wrote Batman. And like, I mean, I also, just did it. And in getting James Tyne into, you get a a man who has shown that he can write Batman and Detective and Batman and Robin Eternal, and also who has the connection to Snyder, being the guy who you know brought him into the industry, was his teacher, was his sensei, basically. And in fact, uh, Tyne even makes uh, some allusions to Snyder's Batman by being like, "Yeah, you know, Bruce, when he's not out punching criminals, he actually has architectural uh, aspirations." Ain't <laughs> hey, that some shit? I know. I thought that was funny. That was very I, much a. I think a nod. I like that too. Cause it's like, yeah, we never really do stop and think what kind of job Bruce would have if he didn't become Batman. What, what does he like? Does he have any hobbies? Is he interested in things? Right. I think at the end of the day, he would have been a doctor, but only because his father was a doctor. Right. I'm surprised we haven't uh, talked or they've seen something like that. Like a uh, Elseworlds Batman, the dark surgeon detective. <laughs> right. I feel like, yeah. Right. Oh my God. Like, he 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 had a promising career. He was going to be a, a brilliant surgeon like his father, but he was too like he was drawn to the macabre, and he became mm. Gotham's lowly mortician or something like you know something what I mean like, like that because he loved death so much. Well, because he just there's something about the the analytical mind. He's like I just I, I it's all about solving the problem and 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 solving the mystery. He became House is what he did. He became actual House from that right. TV but show. But I love the idea of him like disappointing his father by taking like a like a less prestigious position. Yeah, you that, could have like, been a star surgeon, son. Yeah, and he's like, I'm doing, I'm I'm helping Gotham this way. He's got like a bunch of like heads in jars and formaldehyde and shit. He's just like that freaky goth adult. <laughs> yeah. 
your Vizio is freaking out, but I'm going to oh, just ignore it. it. <laughs> like, it's just, I don't know what it is. It's just, it's just colors and, and pixels. It, okay, is it really? Because this actually happened to me when I did my show with Matt the other night, and it's mm-hmm. only happened when I do a show with him. Never happens when I do a show with you. Hmm. Well, it's happening now. It could be that your that your webcam is dying. Perhaps I've owned this one for a few years. Yeah, they they're not built to last. No, I guess not. Here, let me let, let me tap a tap a tap. <laughs> I mean, it's it, we're doing okay now. Um, uh, also, if people want to get me a new webcam, I have an Amazon wish list, and I have uh, <laughs> l- links in the descriptions of my videos. You can help a brother out, right? Um, so we're we're gonna wrap up here by talking about uh, just some some fun facts because like. Uh, you know, Snyder, what do you think the future of Snyder is going to be? Like, where, where do you think it's going? I mean, it's whatever he wants it to be now. Right? He, <laughs> he wrote a very satisfying conclusion in my mind with Last Night on Earth. And I'm like, all right, this this is closing the book on Batman. You never have to do another Batman if you don't want to. He invented the Batman who laughs, who love it or hate it, is now, you know, entrenched in the DC universe. Can't can't get away from that centibite looking motherfucker, can we? Nope. Uh, nope. Nope. Keeps Keeps showing up. Uh, I think it's a great if, idea. I, I think that it's more like you've, it's been done. Like and also it's done over. and too close together. Like he needed to go away for a year or so. Yeah, you you congratulations. You literally have created another Joker, and not like just because it's the Joker, but mm. also because you can't do too many Joker stories back to back. Otherwise, you do de- you depreciate the specialness. Like you're doing yep. the same thing with that guy now. And and granted, Snyder's only written. Well, no, he did the Justice League run, and that ended with the Batman Last Two, and he did the Batman Last series. So, yeah, no, yes. actually, he is directly responsible for the he's... Batman Last proliferation. Although it could be once again because he's like such a such a team player. It's like, dude, we got to get more Batman Last. Can you get more BMWs in here, like, please? <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, the future is what he wants to do. It's just anything he wants. The man could literally be like, "I'm done," and just write scary stories to tell in the dark for from, yeah. from here until Judgment Day, and he'd be fine. I don't think he wants to because I think no, I part think so of the either. thing is like this run, this Justice League run, is not horror. It's not scary. It's no. It's really something else, and it doesn't really play Morrison esque. It's cosmic. It's yeah, yeah, and I think it's because. He wants to try other things, which I really appreciate. I mean, so many uh, artists and writers we see kind of what's the word stagnate or, you know, kind of or kind of build a bubble around themselves out of what they're used to. And they never try new things. Exactly. But uh, but he does. I think in the future we're going to see like an old ages book and maybe a children's book. I'd like that a lot as he has kids. I'd like to see his take on that. And he talks about how his kids influence his work and stuff too. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, but I, I think definitely he, uh, I think he's get, I think he's going to do that someday. Mm. Um, and further, I think that like, I think that eventually because he doesn't want to be in charge at DC because he doesn't want that job. I think that he will leave DC sooner rather than later. Hmm. I I don't. And I, I. By the way, I don't know. I. You know. I. He's been on this channel before, but he's never said in confidence to me like my days are numbered here. This like, is this is just you theorizing. This is just me saying like I think that at the end of the day, you know, like does he have a big Wonder Woman story? Like does he have a big Green Lantern story? Like no, and that's okay. And you know, it's like uh, what was it Zadarsky when he quit Peter Parker the Spectacular Spider Man? Yeah, yeah. He quit that book. They wanted him to keep going, and he quit it because he's like, oh, I don't have enough. 
And, and I'm yet like, you would go on to do Life Story, which is the best Spider-Man story I've read in years. Right. And it's like, thank God he did. Like, what a... And it, that's the mark of somebody who, A, doesn't need the work, and B, somebody who recognizes their strengths and and the their their, their own ability to say, I don't have to. But you this. love to see it. Right. Like, I don't have to do that. Like, Snyder doesn't have to be like, I, I listen, for a lot of people, I've said the final word on Batman. I don't have to do that for every character that I think is interesting. Yeah. So I think he will go to Marvel eventually. And it's a, it, it's a yeah. shame that Swamp Thing show died on the vine the way it did, because I, I would love to see him come back and take another crack at that, actually. Yeah, yeah. Swamp Thing show was good. Same same with Constantine, too. I'm surprised they never be like, do you want Constantine? And I'm sure he's like, no, I want Hellblazer, but I can't have that. <laughs> yeah. I think they're doing that now, though, and it's good. It's is, a is real it's... Hellblazer book. Oh, that's right. They brought it back over Vertigo, finally. Well, uh, Sandman Universe or something like that. It's... Which is Vertigo without Vertigo. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Ver- so... Vertigo minus Vertigo, like Garfield minus Garfield. <laughs> exactly. Uh, did you know that Scott Snyder worked for Disney World? No, I did not. Yeah. Uh, apparently, this is just a fun little anecdote. Apparently, in the earlier day, he was a janitor. Huh. Uh, then he, according to his own words, he was a janitor with roller skates. <laughs> you know, like a faster janitor. Yeah. And uh, and then eventually he got into costuming and became like Eeyore and Buzz Lightyear. And uh, that's and, amazing. Yeah. And uh, apparently he, 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 he there's there's a vis- there's a visual that he has um, of a Disney princess backstage, like, you know, behind mm-hmm. the scenes sitting like by herself reading a magazine of guns and ammo. <laughs> and that like juxtaposition really fascinated it- him. It it is Florida. I mean, yeah, yeah. No, anything can happen in Florida. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I I love I love that. I love that he worked there, and that because it's such a weird, messed up, crazy place that it's like I'm so glad that somebody who tells horror stories and and fiction for a living was in like the most fictional place in the world. Does he like Five Nights at Freddy's? I imagine being a costumed guy and hearing the backstory of that series is like, hey, can I can I write a thing on this? Can we take a crack at this? I feel like I feel like he doesn't have as much familiarity with it as he as he should. I mean, he does have young children, and young children love that shit. I know. Yeah, I'm I'm sure he's mostly the fuck away. (laughs) Yeah. I like to, as a creator, if you follow him on Twitter, because he has kids, he's getting into stuff he's never gotten into yes. before, like anime and wrestling. Yes, the anime thing is very evident if you're if you're looking at it. And I think that I think that it, it, Justice League for him is less about telling his favorite stories about Justice League and more about trying conventions. He's learned. He's literally yeah. like on the job learning, where he's like, it "What if brilliant. I did this? Like, what if I tried the anime storytelling convention in?" western comic book stories it it really it really is anime you're so not wrong the justice league gets shiny new costumes and i'm like oh they've unlocked their kaioken times 10 well and of course like the dragon ball z oh my god they're about to win oh wait we pulled the rug out from under them and stretched it out into 12 more freaking episodes man man that fight with luther was like no 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 each of you fight me one-on-one so i can showcase how my power level oh my god last we met and so in doing so, going into this final battle, we all know where we stand. I'm like, oh, this is the Cybermen beating the shit out of Yamcha to show that while they are henchmen, they are stronger than this guy from Dragon Ball. Yeah, that's exactly And like when the androids killed Yamcha again, Yamcha <laughs> just forever dies to show how much more powerful the villains are. Yeah, I, I, I think he is doing that. I think it's I think he's like 
I'm I'm what I'm look, I gotta watch all this shit anyway. My kids are all into it. Mm. I might as well get something out of it besides one-on-one time with my kids. It's also gonna be, hey, these are interesting storytelling conventions that I'm literally like new to viewing. Can I apply them? Because the other thing is, of course, like manga outsells Western comics. Yeah. They're a, they're a phenomenon and widely respected in their culture, whereas comics are still like a lol late night TV her 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 yeah, joke yeah. or a Wikipedia tidbit of information. Did you know you know so and so read comics? I think that he's like I can learn how to do this. I can try out and stretch my own uh, writing chops because like the fact is. Dude, you know, he teaches and he writes, but, like, he hasn't written a book in a long time, and he's only been writing corporate comics for the better part of a decade, and so, you know, where else are you going to try out? Are you going to, are you going to, you know, test things out with, on, then on a book that people are going to buy no matter what? There's a there's a great uh, Twitter exchange too. I think it's gone now, but talking about the lessons that he learned from anime when he started watching wrestling with his kids, there's a great tweet he had where it's like, "Why does the audience hate John Cena so much? He's clearly <laughs> the hero of the story, right? And he's and he's clearly pure and upright. And in real life, he does all these make a wish things. Why why do fans hate this character who is so pure? And then they explain like all these booking things and behind the scenes and be like, "Because he always wins. Because there's no drama. Because da 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 da. And it's so funny to see like an actual like you know. Uh, academic writer like listening to this from another mm, writing form him being yeah. like yes interesting you can write a likable character and people will still hate him anyway huh interesting hmm yeah that's a superman story i could do man man i hope he does get to write that like su- why does superman save everyone and everyone still hates him <laughs> right or at least says he's unrelatable and he's not yeah. interesting L- luthor is that online wrestling community fan but and he buried another up-and-coming villain who had <laughs> so much potential and yeah. now he's just gonna move down the card of villainy why does this always happen <laughs> i'm gonna boo superman everywhere i go boo he's literally giving a kid like a a, a piggyback ride boo i, I say i hate him so much much and then yeah. it's like oh superman went away for five years oh i love that he's back now <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's how it works <laughs> that's how it works that's that world but uh yeah. yeah so we 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 didn't i mean obviously this was not like the most uh thorough discussion of the man's life and career but uh it's certainly just a minute where we just look at his bibli- bibliography and what it means to us and said yeah. hey let, let's uh you know let's look back let's, let's. have a closer look at scott snyder uh, who would you like to see us have a closer look on next time? Let us know mm-hmm. in the comments down below. Uh, we will see you guys next week with an all-new episode. Of course, don't forget to like this video, subscribe to our channel, go to the patreon.com slash comic pop to watch a special bonus show where Joel and I chat about something else uh, oh, for a little yeah. while. It's a fun audio-only show that you can only find over there. It will never be over here uh, unless Patreon closes, in which case it will mm-hmm. all come back over here. But it's not in video, so you know it'll probably be an audio thing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so uh, we want to thank you so much for ha- hanging out with us, and we'll see you guys next time. I'm Sal. I'm Joel. So long, everybody. Bye-bye.